0: I guess I just felt like I was in a bit of a mess, I was just buying and not really didn't have a plan, I didn't, um, I was just going on my own research, I didn't have any professional coaching whatsoever.
1: You're listening to Property Investor Tales, stories from the front yard. Here's your host, Tabitha Bright. Hello and welcome to Property Investor Tales from the Front Yard, where I get to speak to property investors from around Australia about their investing journey. My name's Tabitha Bright and I'm the Head of Coaching at Positive Real Estate where we help people build wealth through property. With over 8,000 clients across Australia and New Zealand, there are some incredible stories to tell, which hopefully makes your investing journey that little bit easier and will inspire you along the way. So my guest today is Rose Pingerly. We touch on the pros and cons with Rose of buying three properties in quick succession. We talk through investing during COVID and navigating abnormal and normal problems. So hope you enjoy this conversation with Rose. Hey Rose, lovely to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Hi Tom, great to be here, thank you. (laughs) Oh no, I really appreciate it, It's, um, it's been fascinating talking with so many clients about their different experiences with property and their journey and, you know, what's motivated them to start investing in property. And I guess on that note, you had actually bought property before you joined Positive Real Estate, right? You had three properties, I think.
0: Um, Yes, that's correct.
1: Before talking to Positive Real Estate. So what brought you to Positive Real Estate if you'd already been buying property? What was your reason for looking at Positive Real Estate?
0: I guess I just felt like I was in a bit of a mess. I was just buying and not really didn't have a plan. I didn't. um, I was just going on my own research. I didn't have any professional coaching whatsoever. Yeah. Um, And I think at that point, I had an accountant. He looked after my self-managed super, um, and which was my last purchase right, prior to right. joining.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, I just felt like I needed some coaching. And I think I'd seen some messages that Tim had put out. And I think Tim had been on my case, actually, for a very a long time, several years, several years.
1: Oh, <sighs> um, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: I remember thinking, I must find that Tim guy. And the, that minute, he then called me and I was like, wow, we, was this ESP or something? It was quite bizarre. And then he got me to a seminar and I joined.
1: Oh, fantastic, fantastic. So um, Tim uh, was your coach originally and um, Tim's um, moved on. We have um, sometimes some of the coaches go off to do and uh, create some of their own um, goals and dreams and uh, tim's one of those and now i think uh you've got laura chug and riley uh, riley's yeah. your property consultant isn't he yes he's yes. very fond of you rose
0: i met <laughs> riley the very first night i went to mentoring yeah um tim introduced me to him and yeah. it was right when they did i think i'd bit, watched my first um Webinar or something, it was well before COVID, but yeah, did something online that I watched and I saw the Georges and I was really taken by the Georges. And then I talked to Tim at my first mentoring about that, and then he introduced me to Riley. And then you had Aria going, yes,
1: one of the developers we worked with. Yes,
0: <laughs> you had um Amira for sale at that point. Oh, yes, yep. So Riley grabbed me and we had a big chat. And then the next week there was a bus tour and I booked on the bus tour. (laughs) And then I went to Canberra and met Riley and I did the Canberra mentoring. And then Riley took me around to see Iskia. Oh, yes. Yep. And then I went to Melbourne and did the Melbourne one and saw, fell in love with (laughs) Heidelberg. Yeah. That was like November, December. And then I saw Heidelberg. And I saw the site for the Georges. Huh. And I in put World. in, and, and I loved, loved Heidelberg. I just loved that idea of Airbnb yeah. style stuff. And Sam was then talking about the MIDI, MIDI something? MIDI. Yeah,
1: MIDI stays. Medi stays, which is stays. Like, yes. yeah stays. Yeah.
0: So I yep. was quite eager to do all that. Um, I spoke to MIDI stays at length about it, how it would all work. Yeah. And then I had to make a decision and I I went with Aria in Brisbane yeah. and then a short term later I went with the Georges right and then this
1: recent and then just recently um Heidelberg Heidelberg so so you've purchased three properties within quite a short time frame um, yeah. and obviously like not everything goes to plan right and right. um <laughs> No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) And that's investing. Yeah. Like we often talk about when I coach clients, we often talk about normal and abnormal problems. And um, COVID was a, a unique challenge that, you know, no one saw coming. And, um, you know, some of our clients were COVID impacted. And the, the way that most of our clients were impacted is what you found, I think, with, um, with your property in Heidelberg and Melbourne. And so just for people that mightn't be familiar with um, what Rose is referring to here, her Heidelberg um, purchase, it was a boutique development in uh, Heidelberg, right next to the Austin Hospital. So. Um, not only um, an area that historically has not had a lot of apartments um, but also an area that um, would also benefit from short-term stays with the hospitals so um, unfortunately right when you settled COVID hit didn't it Mm. and so what did that mean for you
0: so I guess it was I settled in December yep 2020 yep um So COVID had been in full swing for, what, nine months, 10 months. Mm. So it meant we, no, I think it was right. It was Christmas too. Yeah. So (laughs) Double whammy. (laughs) I I think I probably could have, in hindsight, maybe delayed that settlement just a little bit to January. I really think I could have if I had spoken to Lila. I'm sure I could have, but I didn't think. I thought about it and I thought, ah. I don't want to be a burden on anyone, and let's oh, just go right. stick with the plan. Yeah. And I'm kicking myself. Yeah. And I thought I think I probably could have delayed it till January. Because yeah. Because we had hassles with getting the money. You know how they offered a builder's kickback. I had problems getting that the because rebate, of Christmas. Because yes. yeah. yeah, the rebate. Yeah. Because that was meant Incentive, to have hit yeah. your account within 24 hours or. Three days or whatever it was, but it took right. me three weeks. It took um, three or four weeks to get that yeah. um, because of Christmas and the shutdown and everything. Um, and then because of Christmas and COVID, I couldn't get a tenant until February.
1: Right, right. So I
0: think if I'd have at least, uh, but I, um, I did have a chat with Emma, and she kind of thought, well, you know, it's COVID, it's un, it's un unnormal anyway so mm. you don't know really know what's going to happen maybe people are more staying home so they may be moving so you might be lucky but I wasn't <laughs> so, yeah, so yes, you had I an had extent- uh, sorry I had um yes I had an extended vacancy because yeah. of that
1: yeah. So you settled in December and Emma, yeah. um, once again, for people that aren't familiar, um, Emma is one of the senior property managers that we have here at Positive Real Estate. So part of Rose's team and um, Emma and her team were very proactive um, working through the extended vacancy periods that clients had. Um, and it, When you're going through it, it can be very uncomfortable, right? Because you're like, well, when am I ever going to get a tenant? It can feel like it goes on for ages, particularly in an abnormal event like this, yeah? Mm -hmm. Um, And then you did get it rented, so you got it rented in February? Yes. Yep. And Um, your coach, did she set up some buffers? Did you have buffers put aside and...?
0: Well I did. I've always had buffers and good. um I yeah. had a reasonable I mean this is in self-managed super this one. Yeah. Um yeah. so yes I had I did have a fairly good buffer there. Awesome. And I had the incentive as well, yep. the yep. 30, which was equal to the um the tax, the stamp duty. Yeah, fantastic. So that was a big relief not to have to yeah. pay that. Yeah. Um so that was good but yes it they took a 12-month lease, so that's all ticking along oh now that's wonderful
1: and the and in the interim that gives plenty of time for the vacancy rates to tighten um because obviously um you had the incentive from the uh, builders about the um the 30k so a lot of um once again for people that maybe aren't as familiar with these kind of terms um Often developers, if there's a tight patch in the market or um, they're struggling to sell due to something really unusual like um, like an event like COVID, um, they might incentivize or, or take a hit on their own profit to make it more appealing um, for people purchasing. And so Rose was lucky enough to get a, a $30,000 um, incentive from the developer um, that was paid in cash um, after she settled, yes? Yes, yeah. and so um, that then meant that she had some extra extra buffer on top of buffer that you would have left anyway. So, so at no point were you in any danger of losing, not being able to pay a mortgage or losing your property or anything like that. No. It's, it's just the it, it's the annoyance of just watching some of that incentive tick away really isn't yes, it Be it's that
0: anxiety the unknown like yeah. how about how long is this going to go on how much more am I going to have to reduce the rent yeah um yeah yeah Yep. how much how much more costs am I going to have to pay for advertising
1: yeah. yeah yeah no I understand it's funny I had um my I've got property in Sydney in Dulwich Hill and um I've held that property for years now, and um, probably since 2008 or something. And um, it's always rented really well, but all markets expand and contract. And you you know this, Rose, like you've been in the market a long time with property over the years. And sometimes rents um, go up, but they don't always go up. Sometimes they also contract a bit. And I got an email from my property manager the other day saying my tenants had, Proposed that they renew for another twelve months, um, but they want to drop the rent by twenty dollars. And I was a bit like, "Oh, really?" And then I looked at the vacancy rates in Dulwich Hill, and once again, Sydney's another area that's been a bit COVID impacted by um, by um, the rental market and i just thought you know what for the sake of twenty dollars um it's just not worth it is it um Mm. i could be vacant holding on for that extra twenty dollars for six weeks eight weeks three months and totally absorb that anyway um so sometimes you just got to roll with the punches a little bit yeah and i know it'll even out the other side and it'll settle down um and what we know about melbourne is um the um the vacancy rates are beginning to contract and go back to normal very quickly and i think over the next few sort of coming and this podcast will be around for a while so we can look back on it in 12 months time and say was she <laughs> <it> right <laughs> but from what I understand um you know we are in for a time of um quite intense undersupply and we are expecting the next boom really to be a rental boom due to the fact that there's just not enough supply so that'll be really interesting to see and it'll certainly benefit you and I (laughs) we'll look forward to that we'll have a glass of champagne I think Rose
0: (laughs) yes sounds good to me
1: um the Georges
0: will be settling in June next year. So awesome. I'm hoping that that is going yeah. to make up for, even though I won't be in super, but still, yeah. um, I'm just hoping that, things, that there's been an uplift there. Yeah. Make up a bit of difference.
1: Yeah, well, I think you'll find there's probably been an uplift in value for sure. Um, mm. And hopefully rents have settled down enough to normal that, um, that, you know, it's just business as usual when it comes to your rents. So I think you'll be, um, you'll be pretty happy with uh, the Georges. I know there's a lot of people that are excited about that settling. Um, mm. So tell me, your friends and family, what do they think about your investing decisions? They <laughs> think I'm mad. They really think I'm mad do Um, they? to the point where I don't talk
0: about it anymore. They either think I'm insane or they think I'm rich, which I'm not. I have debt. (laughs) My answer is I have debt. I'm not rich. Um, And my family, well, they just, I mean, my family are farmers, so they just don't get it. And they don't know where I got it from because it certainly didn't come from them. That was one of my dad's last statements, I think. Who taught you how to do this? It certainly wasn't me. Was like, oh. <laughs> and it's just like they, they just got too old and they couldn't understand it and I just didn't want. Mm. I just, yeah, so I don't talk about it to anyone anymore.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I do enjoy asking everyone I talk to. Um, do they talk to friends and family? And some people are like, "Yeah, yeah, of course." Like I share what I do all the time, but most people are like, "Nah." Most people have learnt that there's so much fear for people, I think, and then they project that fear onto what you're doing without the education behind it or the experience, um, and they get just stuff just way out of um, way out of context. I think.
0: Mm. And they make assumptions that certainly are not true. And, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I like to meet people that um, mm. have similar mindset. And, yeah. you know, that's why I loved it when, the, when positive is to have the face-to-face mentoring. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can meet like-minded people. Um, so, yes, every, if I do meet someone that is into investing, I like to have a good old chin wag with them. Um, (laughs) the fact actually I went to an auction last night for a friend in Dulwich Hill actually oh yeah um guy in Melbourne that friend that wants to buy there yeah and the place went in it was insane it the one of the one of his neighbors sold um for I think it was 300,000 less in July so this place went up three hundred thousand
1: since July twenty twenty. Since
0: July twenty twenty. What sort of house? Is it a house? It was a two bedroom unit in Dulwich Hill.
1: Really? Because mine's a two bedroom was, unit. I'm thinking, woohoo! <laughs> yeah, it was a nice, fairly open, yeah. larger
0: style um, on Terry Street. Interesting. Um, yeah, but it was in. It was a really good experience actually going to this auction. And just watching everyone fight and go nuts. But they, there was two, wow. there three, there were three commercial, which weren't didn't seem very popular at all.
1: No,
0: two, um residential, and they they went absolutely insane for both of them.
1: Really? Okay. Well, it's that, mm. it's interesting to hear that, um, because at the moment when you look on RP data and we do valuations and desktop files, um, because a lot of this upswing has really been, uh, I guess, heated since the beginning of the year, there's still a lot of data that's just not you know, being shown or has been not entered correctly. And it's not quite showing the upswing um, that's happening when you look at valuations. And I mean, this is always an ongoing problem with valuations, we know this. Mm-hmm. Um, but interesting to hear from you on the ground and then tell me, um, for people that are beginning their investment journey, what, um, I guess, what advice or insights would you have for them? Because despite the challenges, like we've talked a little bit about your challenges with, um, you know, renting out a property and bits and pieces, but you've also had some good results, which we're going to talk about as well. So, um, Tell me, what would you say to somebody that's looking to get started but they might be a bit scared, might be a bit worried about making a wrong choice? What would you say?
0: I'd be saying get some advice. Yeah. Get a good team. Yep. Um, make sure that you understand what you're doing and your yep. structures. Yep. Um, Start early. Don't hesitate. <laughs> Prices just go up. Yeah. Um, don't put it off. Yep. Um, and just make sure you've got some good buffers in place.
1: Yeah, because time waits for no one, eh? Exactly. Tell me, with your investing and everything you've done, um, you're getting close to the point where you can wind back some of the work. You're looking at moving out of Sydney. Um, tell me about some of that because you've made a really good point here. Um, when i've done my you know preparation and research <laughs> on rose and who is rose and what is her journey um i've highlighted some stuff that i think is really cool about what you said there's a lesson here that nobody else has mentioned um do you want me to read it and do you want so you know what i'm talking about
0: i think i know what you where you're going but go on right
1: um you just mention i'll paraphrase that. If you're going to sell and sell down as part of your strategy to pay off some debt and, and retire on income, um, it takes a bit of advanced planning. So what are, you, what are you finding around this? Because you've gone through acquisitions phase where you buy your property, you're hitting consolidation phase where you're rationalizing everything, paying down some debt, and you're about to maybe take a trip around australia <laughs> which will be really cool um yeah so in while you've been preparing for all of that there's been a few lessons talk me through that
0: yes so i thought i could sell my place and maybe park some money in a bank account and go off traveling and live happily ever after but no you i've got mortgages that are tied to this place so i've oh. got to wait and i've got to figure out um, what the value is that's actually uh, tied into here, then make sure that those loans aren't on fixed term. Uh, if they're on fixed term, then you've got to pay them out. Um, thankfully. penalties. Mm. Yes. So, um, and the minute you sell, you've got to then have something else to transfer that, um, at, uh, what's it called? Um Um, security you've got a so I've got two investment places yeah um I've got beat my home um as security for two of my investment places so if I sell that then I have to buy something else straight away Mm. um to change the security
1: right to keep that loan to be able to use that loan you mean yeah yeah okay and um so are you cross secured at the moment? Is your right? So you've been set up cross secured, and that was something that you did prior to positive real estate.
0: No, no, because no. that would have that was we did a massive reshuffle to buy a mirror because I was always scrimping and scraping. Ah, every I last see,
1: week. I see. So there was a yeah. means to an end with, to get a mirror, to get a mirror, to get through. a mirror, and
0: to also have. 50k deposit for St George for the George's Ah,
1: okay I see I see all right yeah. and sometimes we make a choice that there might be a trade-off on the other side of that and the mm. trade-off is it sounds like maybe you're cross-secured I'd have to have a look yes I yeah. am yeah okay yeah. so that means we have to be careful if you're going to obviously sell your house because then they may want you to pay down some debt on some other stuff and bits and pieces so
0: yeah and that has to I think that I have to be 55%
1: um, LVR. LVR, yes. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, so there's some stuff that you're going to have to shuffle. So your lesson from all of this was that you need to plan ahead when you take out fixed-term loans um, and just anything, Rarely, when you're thinking of selling. Um, you need a good plan well in advance. Is that correct?
0: Mm-hmm. I guess this has come ahead. Um, come up a little earlier than I'd thought to because of the sale of my business. I wasn't really thinking that Mm. that would happen so early. Ah. Um, And I guess I didn't think that through either the fact that the whole cross collateralizing business.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: I didn't really, maybe my mortgage broker didn't even know about that, therefore. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't in my plan at the point yeah. when I set all that up as well.
1: Right, okay. So
0: it just means I have to delay selling a little longer and I can't sell my other unit here in Potts Point until September next year because of a
1: fixed term loan. Right, okay, gotcha. And um, and then you, it says here that you've always had one income stream from my early 20s. um. Ah, uh, sorry. Had yeah, had more than one income stream from mm. your um, early twenties, and um, and so tell me about that as well because um, I, I'm always intrigued. A lot of our clients are very entrepreneurial, and they you know they work hard, they go that extra mile, they understand that if they want a result that's outside of the norm, um, that they will need to maybe do something a bit different in order to attract that. So tell me about Mm.
0: that. So, yes, I've always worked two jobs. Um, I always thought my income wasn't high enough to be able to do Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. And Mm. back then I was really just to travel and I didn't really have any massive um, aspirations to invest in property or anything back then. Mm. Um, But I always thought I needed to get ahead and I needed to have savings, Mm. really. I mean I grew up on a farm, I was always came came from hardworking parents.
1: Right. Um, so you have but, that ethos.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've always worked from from moving to Sydney at 18, I've always worked two jobs. Right. Um, and then once um my salary started to increase, I got to the point where I felt I didn't really need the second job anymore. So I did cut that back for a while. Until I discovered things like Airbnb and car next door and, and, hang on a minute, I can earn more money doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like out- that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've always rented out my house, my second mm. bedroom mm. Um, to pay down the mortgage. Once I got, got the mortgage here um, in 2001, I rented out my spare room to cool. help pay down the mortgage. Awesome. Um, and then when I found out about Airbnb, I straight away was onto that. Oh, I can earn more money. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I found Car Next Door and I bought a van um, that I rent out through that. And then I bought a, a, another car. I had, actually, I had a cheap old car, which I put on Car Next Door until that got driven into the ground, basically. <laughs> and, then, and then I was able to justify buying a nice car knowing that I could have that on car next door and I'm not using it.
1: It's awesome.
0: (laughs) So I'm making about $500 a month on my second car and I've got a car to drive, a nice, comfortable car to drive when I want it. That's great. I tend to to only use it when I want to go on long trips. Right. um, When I'm not in the camper van.
1: That's awesome. That's really (laughs) awesome. And so it's... um, yeah, I, I mean, a lot of younger um, clients, I say to them, like if you get a two-bedroom place, the fastest way to pay it down is to rent that spare room to somebody. Mm. Um, but a lot of people aren't prepared to do it. So good on you. for.
0: Yeah, um, no, I've always have. Um, when I first was looking for this, I was like tossing up between one and two-bedroom, and I have got yeah. no way I am not getting a one-bedroom because then if I struggle... Anything ever happens to me, my work, my health, it means I don't have any. I can't rent it out. Yeah, it's a one bedroom. So yeah, and I couldn't afford a three. Otherwise, I would have <laughs> hadn't been renting two rooms. Um, but yeah, I've always, always been able to rent out that spare room and get some extra money.
1: Ah, that's amazing. And so, and I guess... the tax
0: deductions too.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Double whammy there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I guess wrapping it up, um, the question I like to ask everybody is, like, if you were standing right now with your younger self, what would Rose today tell Rose of yesteryear? What would you like to impart? What wisdom? Work hard, save hard
0: invest your money wisely, get some education, get the right people behind you yeah. and make sure you invest that money
1: sensibly. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Rose, for your time today. My pleasure. Great to <laughs> chat to you. Lovely to chat to you too. And, um, yeah, it's been lovely to meet you properly Um, for a proper chat tonight. So thank you for your time. Yes, thank you,
0: Tav.
1: Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening to Property Investor Tales. Remember to subscribe so you get notified every time a new episode drops. As you can guess, I love hearing people's Property Investor Tales. So if you'd like to share yours, then please get in touch with me via email at propertyinvestortales.com at positivementor.com.au we would also love your feedback and i would appreciate a five-star review over on apple podcasts or spotify remember you can watch all of these podcasts over on youtube at positive mentor or at positivementor.com.au until then take care happy investing and bye for now